like I said, there's nothing else in this that would say your name or anything like that. So, so if yeah, you're it's not like I'm really that. I mean, I just you know, it, sometimes I just think the less you put out there for the world to attack, sometimes the better off you are. <clears throat> oh yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, no, I I, I would agree with that. Okay, so we are going to be live in three, two, one. And good evening, everyone. And what a show we have tonight on the No Outlet podcast. I am very fortunate to have the host of the Talk Stand Up To Me podcast uh, taking time out of his busy schedule to talk with us. Please welcome Mr. Ima Dill. Mr. Ima Dill, how are you tonight? I'm doing great, Ethan. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing real good. All right, so we're going to play a, a game called 20 Questions, and um, we'll, we'll start with question number one. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Um, no, I don't know that I believe in Bigfoot. No, I, I mean... There's probably some animal I haven't ever seen before, but I don't know that it would be a Bigfoot. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm with you. I mean, you've seen that same footage that everybody's seen of the supposed Bigfoot walking through the woods. But, you know, I mean, that's pretty easy if, to replicate. Just throw a... And if there is big feet, I hope we never know about it because humans are idiots. So, you know, if there is a Bigfoot, I hope we never know. Yeah. I mean, you know, if we did find out that there was a Bigfoot species, you know what would happen, right? We'd start somehow trying to figure oh. out a way to eat it. Like we'd have it as a, a meal. Oh, you, you know there'd be selling permits. There, and there'd be permits to hunt it, too. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, yeah. And for all we know, let's just walk down that path for a second. Maybe a long time ago they found this like little enclave of, of big feet. And instead of like blowing it up and saying, oh, God, look what we found – they continue to let them breed in like some weird part of like Montana or something, and then you can you can buy a, a permit to hunt a Bigfoot now, and just no yeah, one knows. Yeah. It's like an Illuminati yeah. hunting trip. If you have if you have red shoes and you know the code, that's right. You can, you can get a shot. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, next question: Who was Sailor Jerry? Oh, he was a very famous tattoo artist. Uh, he was known. Because he was based in Hawaii, so a lot of sailors uh, would go to get artwork done by him, and he also had his own rum uh, in the shop. That's cool. Yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's you got a very unique flavor. You know, everyone's had like Captain and Coke and stuff, but when it comes to spiced rum, I feel like that's one of the few that. Um, it's not perfumey. It's not perfumey. No, that's the best way to put it. It's really good. Um, okay, who, in your humble opinion, who makes the best hamburger in the Seacoast area? Um, okay, so the best, when you're not talking price, it's, it's got to, I mean, Lexi's is, 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 I would say, top tier. Mm -hmm. I would say consistency uh, longevity and the fact that uh, they use they get their meat from local from Carl's and uh, is still Gillies. I mean, dollar yeah. for dollar for the amount of money you spend, you get a you get a very great quality burger uh, from Gillies. Yeah, two good answers. I mean, Gillies. I love Gillies because there's one of them. There's one Gillies, and right, that's it. Right, right. 
you know, and that and that and you got to find it in one spot. And the fact that they used to pay like you know, put money in the parking meter, and then they just they just never left. And they and everything else in that town they've torn down if it was in the way of progress. And they built a goddamn parking garage around Gillies, and I think that's one of the last. That's one of the last humane acts that Portsmouth has done. It's like if if that whole situation were to be happening now, Gillies would be moved. It would not oh, be allowed to stay there. No doubt. And you know what? I have to, uh, Steve Kennedy, uh, the gentleman who owns yeah. Gillies, is. I mean, they have worked so hard to make it what it is now, and I hope they can get onto the other side where they can open the door to the caboose again and. Uh, have it be more back to normal. I, I can keep my fingers crossed, but I mean, amazing. Yeah, here, here, I, I agree with that. Um, okay, again, uh, you know, you you have a podcast that's devoted to the art of stand up uh, comedy. It's called uh, Talk Stand Up to Me. And in your opinion, and normally I would say in your humble opinion, but in this case, it's your subject matter of choice. So, in your opinion. Who was the most innovative, not necessarily influential, but who was the most innovative stand-up comedian of all time? Oh, that, that is a very complex question because the whole idea of stand-up comedy is that it's, it's a true voice for that individual. Mm-hmm. And so every individual has, if they, they're, they're speaking in their true voice, you can't get any better than that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Bob Newhart was amazing. Uh, so, uh, you know, Lenny Bruce, obviously getting arrested and, and challenging First Amendment rules. You get Richard Pryor um, and his truth-telling, uh, unbelievable, lights himself on fire and then does a bit on stage about it. Yeah. Uh, that Sunset Strip tour, amazing. You get um, Robin Williams' Spark of Madness. Uh, you get even, I mean, it's taboo now, but uh, Bill Cosby's uh, himself was an amazing uh, thing, and he just held people in the, in the palm of his hand. Eddie, Eddie Murphy and Delirious, that yeah. was groundbreaking. Or Steve Martin doing his uh, arena tours. I mean, all of it. it yeah. You can't, there's no one, there's no one. Yeah, it's a tough Sorry. one to say I there's mean, one. I no, I agree. I mean, it's. I, I think if you had to pin one, it'd be almost impossible. But I think the names you listed were were good examples. I, Eddie Murphy, Delirious, that cassette tape. Game changer. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> and that cassette tape was. It went from no one knows who he is to everybody in in Rye Junior High in seventh grade has the tape. Wanna lick? To to, to everybody to everybody playing it over and over again until literally the tape wears out, until everyone knows it. And then finally, by the time everybody knows all of it, then the teachers catch on to, like, certain parts aren't necessarily, you know, G-rated. But by that time, it was too late because everybody had the whole thing memorized. So there was no no putting it back in the bottle. Everybody knew it. Yeah. Times were simpler then when it was analog. Um, Okay, next question. Um, What... Is your so we we share some uh, so we know some same acquaintances and yeah, one yeah. of one of them is uh, a person that we'll call we'll call him Rat Boy, okay. Yeah. So uh, what was your very first memory 
of Rat Boy? Um, the things that stand for uh, ham radio, <laughs> um, cigarettes, yep. uh, and, that, and that black van with the beanbag chairs in the back. Uh, bad, be, yeah, that, those are things that immediately, and negativity, but, yeah. you know, that's not a solid See, that's interesting, though. I, li I like that answer. I guess, you know, when I wrote the question, I, and, I, and I like the way, I appreciate the way you answered it because it's more of a, that's more of a collage of, like, icons or concepts or constructs that were around this entity. I was thinking yeah. about it more in terms of, because I was trying to remember back, like, when do I first remember him and what do I remember him doing, like, a specific moment? And, um, oh, well... There's not a specific moment with him, but with his son, the first thing that I, I remember about about him. Yep. And that's him. Uh, Rat Boy had him lining up pennies from one side of a trailer to the other and then had him flip them in the other direction. And, and he did it. And he was into it. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have that memory. Oh, goodness. I just remember there was a lot of Pizza Hut. I just remember, like, Pizza Hut was, yeah, yeah. he, you know, it was just always about pizza. Pizza Hut, uh, a Pizza Hut booth and silence. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that combination seems to be what I remember first. He did not necessarily have the gift of gab. If he had it, he kept it hidden, that's for sure. He, he <laughs> yeah, wasn't yeah. outward with it. Um, oh, dialogue. that's right. Well, and who knows what that was like, right? Probably, probably better that it was inside. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Uh, question is, is a half of a half always the best way to proceed? It's not a bad place to start. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, Next question. Uh, why didn't you leave any sea glass for anyone else? Um, I, I, truly I did. <laughs> truly I did. Uh, there were people that literally the only thing they did on the beach was scour up and down the beach, not looking up, not acknowledging people. Like, I only picked up sea glass when I was playing tennis ball with the dog. Yep. So, um, this, the amazing amount of sea glasses just because we went every day for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's truly, it's an, I love, first of all, I think sea glass is one of the coolest things because literally every piece is really unique and it tells a story in terms of time. It tells a story in terms of, you know, what people were doing around the area. Um, I love it. You've got probably the best collection I've seen. And, um, I, I, of course, there's still plenty more. I was just trying to be a jerk. Um, no, no, I know. But what I, because you think about it, though, and there were really people that would spend hours just scouring. Oh, yeah. Trying to take every piece they could find. I'm like, leave some for the kids. It's like, right. that's part of the wonder. It's treasure. It's total treasure. That is, that's a good way to put it. Um, okay, here's a question. Here's a, a philosophical question for you. Um, um, in, a in a general sense, regardless of the situation, 
do the ends justify the means? No. Okay. Can would you no. would you mind uh, would you mind expounding? Uh, what goes around comes around, as they say. Yeah. Um, and you can have a goal, and if you are trying to achieve that goal, you may make some mistakes and you may break some eggs along the way and hurt people. But if that was your intention, if, if, if you were like, you saw it happening and you did it anyway, right. then, then if you pro prosper from that, then that's on you. And that's, I, I, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, and someone else may choose to do that, but that's not how I'm going to go. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so would you say that that, and that would apply, would you agree with that no matter the circumstance, even if, like, let's take World War II, for example. World yeah. War II, the, the ends is that we ended up winning. Uh, and really, you could, you could, we could have a whole two-hour podcast on just World War II ending. But in, in a nutshell, the reason why it ended was, you know, we, we demonstrated that we had the, the weapon that was going to destroy everything if we needed to. And that kind of put everybody and in their place. The, and we had the hubris to use it. And we had the um, hubris to use it. That's right. So in that case, in that specific, I was asking earlier, generalized, in that very specific example of World War II, the, do the ends of ending that war and not having Hitler take over justify the means of using that weapon? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, okay. If, if that weapon was not something that had been invented... Do I think that we wouldn't have been able to defeat that fascist? I don't know. I think that the human spirit is a little bit stronger than we give it credit for. We, you know, so um, I don't know that it's it's a it's a true way to go to say that if you didn't do that, then there was no way we could win. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I. You look around the world, and one of the biggest problems is that everyone rushed to to get that power, to have power, mm -hmm. and now we're we're trying we're paying billions of dollars to try to control the people that have the waste that is from those bombs. Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. That's so okay. So loud and clear, the answer from Imadil is that the the ends do not justify the means and you know what we 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 also have another shared contact who's a latin teacher from portsmouth high school i'll just call him jolt and joe and yeah. um jolt and joe was the first person to point out that kind of concept to me and it was actually a quit it was a a question on a quiz a latin quiz that was the last question and i've never before that no one ever posed the question and i don't think anybody in an academic sense has ever posed it afterwards but he spent yeah. more time explaining why the ends don't justify that's his opinion too they don't justify the means than he did explaining any latin that day but that's that's why i i felt like he was such a great teacher i i had very i had a very positive i have him for a different language for spanish but i had a very positive experience with him as well yeah no absolutely all right next question um Hey, tell me, why did your uncle uncles always steal your Chinese food? It's not that they always stole it. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, 
it simply happened that I didn't understand the rules of the game. Uh, okay. And my uncle seemed to have a similar uh, taste that I did, and no one took into account when they asked me what I wanted to eat that that literally was what I expected to eat and nothing else. Right. And it was kind of a buffet style. And by the time I was the young, you know, I was second to youngest. I think Lena was around at that time. Yep. Uh, yep, that was a mistake. Anyway, um, and, and uh, I just so happened didn't get a, get a chance to have any of my meal. That's all. Yeah, yeah no, I gotcha. Hey, um, yeah. so do you, uh, do you remember the Banana Splits theme song? Um, I remember the Great Space Coaster. I, uh, Banana Splits is not, I mean, no, it doesn't come to my head. Okay, that's fair. Um, but you do remember... I remember the visuals of it, but... Okay, like how they, they, like they were just like all dressed up, like one was an ape, one was a fucking... Egg. And they were in those all-terrain little vehicles that were around in the 70s that, you know, had that fiberglass body, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the dune buggies. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 think, I think that's one byproduct of probably too much Channel 56 and Channel 38, um... Was that I? I still remember shit like that um, all too well. Hey, who's your favorite uh, late night talk show host? Currently. Yes, currently. Well, it's definitely it's definitely Seth Meyers is number one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just his writing staff is amazing. He is he delivers really well. Um, if you know, yeah, definitely. If it was a late night show. I mean, Amber Ruffin's show that's on only online, I think, is great as well. Yeah. Um, but as far as in every or four nights a week stand, I mean, then Colbert is second, you know. Yeah, His yep. writing, his writing thing is doing really well. And then Conan, he's going to be branching off. He's not going to be doing the same thing he's been doing. Right. He's going to do more of a variety show coming up, and I... Look forward to seeing that as well. But Seth Meyers is my number one right now. Yeah, he's great, and I and I think if you think about it, like think about how TVs change. Like when we were growing up, if you wanted to watch Johnny Carson or Letterman or anybody, you had to tune you had to in. Stay up and watch it. You had to stay up and watch it. And even if you know you didn't stay up and watch it, fast forward to when you could tape it, you'd tape it, then you'd fast forward to the commercials. Well, now it's a totally different way to consume that content. Now, if you want to see, you know, Seth Meyers do his, um, what's his little segment that he always does every night? Um, well, oh well, if you if you're lucky, he does a closer look. That's the one. A closer and then he look. Does the bomb burn zone too, which is also or or jokes Seth can't tell. But the closer the look is is this long form monologue. Yes, and I think I, I like the way that I, I like going onto YouTube and watching that because it's usually around 15, 20 minutes, which is perfect, and yeah. it's it's tight, it's compact, it's very similar to Weekend Update, which obviously he was the anchor for for a while. Um, so I, I'm with you. I think of all the and I would say Colbert's number two for me too. I, I'm not. I don't really appreciate James Corden. Is that his name? James Corden? Um, it, it is. The and British I, bloke. You know what? I think he's amazingly talented. Um, I think he's amazingly talented. I just, for me, I 
Uh, I liked it when he had his couch where people that you could have you would have three people sitting on the couch, yeah, interacting, kind of like the old '70s show. Like that's, I mean, that was that was the great thing. But now that he's forced to be back online, yeah, where he's interviewing one person at a time, it's not as good. Yeah, no, I agree. I, the one, th- I, I one, there was two times where I went out and sought his entertainment style. One was when he had Paul McCartney on his show and Paul oh, yeah. Ma- and they were and he was doing carpool karaoke with Paul friggin McCartney and then they did this pop-up show at a pub where he just Paul McCartney just started playing in front of like 15 people which was really cool um actually my friend Georgia showed me that and then the other time that I saw that I sought out his show was another carpool karaoke with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And it wasn't because I wanted to hear him sing, but because Anthony Kiedis actually challenged him to a wrestling match on a lawn. And he, yeah, yeah. and they did, and they started wrestling, which I thought was and just then he great. Out quick, right? I yeah. think if I remember correctly. Yeah, no, you remember correctly. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, and, and yeah. On that, on, on that level, yep. same kind of entertainment level as James Corman is, is Jimmy Fallon. Um, for that yeah. type of stuff, those two guys do that stuff very well. They do. I, you know, Jimmy Fallon, I got to tell you, I don't, there's something about, I love The Roots, and that's, yep. but there's something about that show now that just seems so processed. It's like, you're, it's like if Wonder Bread was a TV show, it's the Jimmy well, Fallon he, show. Yeah. I mean, he, they definitely, I think, put him through the ringer a little bit more than, or he allows them to put him through the ringer a little bit more than other people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay, next question. Who serves the best coffee in the Seacoast area? Best coffee is Cafe Killam. Best tea is White Heron. Yeah, that's that's cut and dry. That's case closed. Cafe Killam is one of a kind. I have I've yet to find another place, Boston, New York, anywhere. Um, that rivals it. The only place that would come close, there was a small little cafe um, that I found over in Belgium um, when I was with Vantage. And that coffee was out of this world. Um, but anywhere around where we live, that's hands down them. And White Heron, what a great company too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, every time I go to buy my coffee from Killam, I get, I, I get myself a coffee while I'm there. And I get a Turkish coffee or or goats with a shot of espresso. Yeah, it's just awesome. That's the way to do it. Um, okay, what is your stance on genetically modified food? <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> that that sounds something like if Nancy Reagan were to come up with a a, a slogan uh, about genetically be, modified food. Don't do it. Be be wrong. Be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I'm a fan of um, organic, uh, non-GMO. Uh, I like to know where my meat is coming from. I buy from the farmers market, and uh, when it comes to vegetables and fruits, I definitely have to do organic because I'm gonna eat it. Yeah. And I'm not gonna cook it. So. And really, nobody. Nobody really knows the long-term effects of GMO food. Like everybody says, oh, well, you know, it's fine and it's tested and it's this and it's that. But 
who really knows what changing the genome of a produce, you know, actually does to it? Like, it's impossible to tell um, right oh, I, now. I think, I think we know. I mean, you know, look, when, look what happens when they started to pasteurize and add shit to the milk. Look at the <laughs> next generation of kids. Um, yeah. Tall, taller, bigger, more, you know, more developed at a younger age. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's the, the wonder of steroids. Um, <laughs> hey, do you remember the very first time that you tried whole wheat carob pancakes made with orange juice instead of milk covered with all natural and unsweetened maple syrup? I do. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also remember the first time I was handed a carob bar. Oh. So it's just like the real thing. And nope. it, it isn't. No. Nope. Uh, and you know what? I don't actually like sweets now as an adult, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, I, I might like a carrot bar better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I, um, I overheard you telling somebody uh, about the first time that you had um, the pancakes. And the story was that, <clears throat> um, you know, the person making the pancakes thought that dairy wouldn't be good for you, so orange juice was put oh, yeah, in no, it, it was all out of love well yeah yep and then and then it, it was presented and you know given and i you know being the somewhat more timid uh you know filtered person uh, i would have in that situation i would have probably just continued to eat them and pretended like everything was fine but the way you I, you told I, <laughs> the way you told I the story no no and the great and the and the and the response was so beautiful it was um um, yeah, you know, my mom makes pancakes a lot better than this. And, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, you know. and if there was going to be an after school special about that situation, um, what not to say. that would have been the perfect, well, what not to say, but what a perfect thing for that character to say at that moment was like, yeah, you're trying to make me pancakes, but my mom does it better than you. Yeah. Uh, I, I've often been an ass in my life. Um, I think that's just honesty. I don't think that's being an ass. I mean, I, if I remember correctly I from be, you telling the story, you were probably like four years old, five years old. Not very true. old. No. I, and what I will say is as I've gotten older, I've learned to filter my honesty. Yeah. Uh, because other people do not have the same skin that I have. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be offended by words in the long run. Uh, so you can say pretty much anything to me, and as long as I love you, then it really doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a skill. The 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 quantitative and qualitative filtering of thoughts and words is a is a skill. Oh, and I'm not good at it. Yeah, well, that's okay. It's, there's that that that's it's it's really boring to be really good at it. Um, hey, yeah, what's yeah. the what's the best? It doesn't have to be a one that you've owned, but what's the best motorcycle that you've ever ridden on? Oh, oh, by far, uh, Triumph Bonneville. Uh, oh. It, it, it was, it was, it by far was my most fun bike, most responsive, easiest to uh, go on, you know, curly roads at a good clip. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now is that the kind that looks almost like 
<clears throat> I'm not a, a, a motorcycle aficionado, but I do like the style of like those old Triumphs that look very like plain, almost like a military issue bike. Is that the one you're talking about? Is that what it is? So, so yeah. So uh, our <laughs> Groovy Ed, Groovy Ed, Groovy Ed. Yeah. Our friend Groovy Ed. Yep. Uh, he had a Triumph Bonneville. I got put on that bike. Uh, at a at a age of about three and a half. Yep. And went up the and up went up the road, maybe a quarter of a mile, and that was it. I was hooked. Yeah. Um, and then I've had two different versions of a Triumph Bonneville. I had a '73 and a 2001. And the 2001 had everything that '73 had, only it would actually keep going. Um, and that bike could do everything from being on a highway at 100 miles an hour to going up the coast road on all those curves. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I just I love the brand. Uh, I think yeah. it's cool, and and I think I think it's a cool logo. I like the fact they'd never really try to change, and I, and I love the that style that you're talking about. It's a, it's an iconic look. It reminds me, it's like in that same class as like an Indian motorcycle. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Well, that you know the, BS, the BSAs and the Nortons and the uh, and the and the Royal Enfields and all that stuff. I mean, if yeah. you were a motorcycle in Indian, of course, if you were in Harley, if you were a motorcycle guy, those are bikes that were, even though they weren't American-made, they were accepted. Yeah, no, totally, I dig that. Um, okay, question for you. Yeah. Okay, you have to do one of these. Okay. Uh, you know me. I love an ultimatum. I, yeah. So the, so this is these are the choice. You do have a choice. So yeah. freedom of choice. So the two choices are either A, wear flip-flops for a year and only yeah. flip-flops, or B, you can wear socks uh, and right, whatever shoes you want. The only thing is you have to get your socks damp uh, and then put them on. And those are your two choices. So the rule is they have to be damp when I put them on. And this is just for, and by the way, this is for a year. So for one year, yeah. you either have to wear flip-flops or you dunk your socks in water and then you put them on every time you put socks on. So it's not like you can put them on, take them off, put dry ones on. When you wear socks, they're always wet. And they're always like the, the cheap kind that are from Kmart and they're all cotton. Uh, I, I guess I'm going to be Swampfoot, even though that's <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, I'll tell you what. If you if you gave me the option of wearing some kind of Tiva uh, sandal, then I might go that way. But because damp sock sounds awful, but right. I think it's damp sock. Yeah, you know what? I mean, when I when I wrote up these questions, the the most of them I kind of knew what the answer was closely going to resemble. But this one, I'm just like, whoa, that is like a really tough choice. Because I know you're not a flip-flop guy, um, but nobody's a wet sock guy. So um. no, no, no. You know, I would. I, I listened to the words that you said as far as the wording of the, the challenge, uh, and I saw a loophole that I would exploit. Yeah. No, I like it. I like the Tiva loophole. Um, okay. This is a very, very controversial 
um, question that that's going to you know probably shock a lot of people. But who who was cooler, the Fonz or Evil Knievel? Evil Knievel. Oh yeah. Not even a question. I mean Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler would tell you that. I mean that's sorry. right. Because Evil Knievel was like he was really breaking his bones. He was really oh. like he really actually fucked up his body for real. Oh, and Evil Knievel took jumps he knew he couldn't make because he had promised he was going to do the jump. They right. had figured out the math and said it's not going to work, and he did it anyways because he said, "There's a crowd." I said I was going to do it. This one goes to eleven. Right, exactly. <laughs> that is that. I mean. They don't build them like that anymore. No, 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 no. That that is definitely true. I mean, first of all, they wouldn't. Not only they don't build people like that, but even if they, oh, they did, let it happen. That's it. They would. Ne- you'd never be able to put what he did on. He used to be on eight o'clock at night primetime TV. He's going to jump over Snake Rattle Canyon Mountain or whatever it was. When and, when he failed to do the Caesar run and he and he collapsed, that was live on on. TV yeah. on national television. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I actually remember watching it live and just being so horrified that his body was like flopping around in ways that no body oh. should ever have to flop. Um, so here's a question for you, and this is more of a conceptual. So this isn't a this isn't with any one person in mind, but it's more just a generalized question. So let's just say that you're. Uh, you're 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 a seven year old or thereabouts uh, child, okay? And you're in the kitchen of your home, and and uh, the paper boy uh, walks up to the front door and knocks on the door, um, presumably to you know to collect his his money for the paper. I'm, I'm guessing. What would be the appropriate response um, and announcement to the rest of the people in the home? Okay, so that's all right. I'll take that answer now. Just just to throw something out there as as what something maybe this would be another alternate answer that you would not recommend. Another so that's one reality, and then in the multiverse, there's another reality where that same seven year old boy is there. The person knocks on the door, and the seven year old boy turns around and says. Hey guys, somebody else is here for pot. That... Uh, uh, <laughs> that might be that's an alternate way to deal with the situation, but it's not the it's I, not the I, one that you would recommend. I I would say that I've seen a lot of things on Netflix and perhaps that might have happened at some point. Um, but no, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the response that I would want. Actually, I know a seven-year-old, and that would not be the response I would want to hear from them. Yeah, no, and I'm pretty sure that it wouldn't be uh, from that particular <laughs> seven-year-old. Oh, no, I know that. No, the, the, the future is far brighter for that seven-year-old. Well, yeah, I, I, I would, I, that, well, you know what, that's another podcast right there. That's a whole show. Yeah, it's either far brighter or, or we're all fucked, but, yeah, you know, one way or the other. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, have you ever really hurt yourself while welding? Uh, have I ever really hurt myself while welding? 
I have, I personally have not hurt myself while welding. I have had a student almost cut off a, a digit uh, while I was working in a shop. Yeah. So what? How was that with a, a flame? Like what? How, what? How'd that happen? Uh, no, that was with a piece of sheet steel that they were they were making uh, thunder sounds with. Uh, and as I was telling them to put the sheet metal down, uh, they turned to tell me why this is so much fun uh, and proceeded to hit my finger uh, and cut it uh, to the bone. Oh! Oh, I can feel it. Yeah, yeah. Yowch. Uh, and I have to say... Uh, I sent my, I had a shop assistant at the time, who I quickly grabbed my finger because I knew it, it wasn't just a normal nick. I quickly grabbed my finger to stop the bleeding, uh, and I sent my shop assistant to get uh, some some bandages from the nurse. Um, Good lord! And and I was trying, I was very calm. I was like, you know, go get some bandages from the nurse. I'm all good. Blah blah blah, and. What I didn't know is as soon as he left my shop, he went running through the hallways going, Oh my God, they cut off his finger! <laughs> just just to keep everybody calm, that's all. Oh, yeah, no, because when I went to go wash my hand in the shop sink out in the hallway, yeah. which was in general population, um, I looked up and there was the, the school nurse, uh, the the maintenance man and our superintendent at the top of the stairs uh, to see what was going on. <laughs> wow. Scary stuff. Um, hey, best concert that you've ever attended? Uh, Bob Dylan, Mavis Staples, uh, Thomas Point Beach. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then and then, a, and then only because of the amount of company I had. Uh, second to that would have been... Um, Rolling Stones, uh, Steel Wheels tour at Foxborough, uh, yeah. and then maybe an Aerosmith show on New Year's Eve because I went to three of those at the Garden. Oh wow, that's cool. What year was what year was the Aerosmith one? Uh, one of the years was when Pump came, the album Pump came out, and the other two were the two years prior to that. Aerosmith played the Garden every year for New Year's Eve. Wow, and. It and me and, and another individual went three different three different years. So that was that was at the peak of their commercial, like their second exactly. commercial run, right? That was like Love in an Elevator, all that stuff. That was yeah. Pump was like Janie's got a gun, wasn't that Janie's got a gun? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. That would have been a great show. What a, what a showman that guy is. And it is. was the old garden. So when, you know, they were hitting the double bass drums, the whole place shook, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, my God, the old garden. That place, there was nothing like it. All right, we are down to, uh, we're down to the final question. And the final question is, does a... Hey, I have a follow-up question. Okay, go. Okay. No, after you do yours, I have a follow-up question. Oh, oh, oh okay. Um, does a stitch in time save nine? Always. It always saves nine. Always. Yeah. You don't, even if you don't know it, it does. Yeah, because you might never know that you'd saved it, but y you will yeah. have. 
Yeah, yeah. I like that. All right, so what's the follow-up question? How do you feel about a 20 for 20? Uh, a week from now, I, I give you a call. Yeah, no, and, and feature on, uh, on, on the Talk Stand-Up to Me podcast? Uh, well, I was going to take your format and do a 20 for 20 because I don't know anybody else in this world that has had more similar experiences but from a different angle than me. And, and this was fun, and I thought I could add a few more questions to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. If you, I mean, if you're going to, uh, happy to do it first and foremost, and it, I would be, it'd be great if you could just have it as one of your episodes. You know what I mean? Because where else are you going to put it? Oh well, I, I was thinking that you could put it on yours. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have to talk about that. I have to get with my agent. See if that's because there's a lot of licensing. You know, we have some agreements with transnational and and other entities, but I we could probably work we could probably work something out. We could probably work something oh, out. Yeah. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please go check out his podcast. It's called Talk Stand Up to Me, uh, and, and please give a warm thank you to uh, uh, the friend of the show. His name is I'm a Dill. Thank you, Mr. Dill. We appreciate your time. Ethan, oh, no. Oh, no, Mr. Dill. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good one. Later.